Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Hey, listen, folks. Uh, if you were listening to the previous hour with our our good friend, Dr. Ray Pritchard, uh, Ray is uh, filling in for the second hour for the uh, Dan Celia Financial Issues Program. As you know, Dan's been hospitalized for a couple, three weeks now and continue to pray for him. Uh, but in the meantime, until Dan is able to return, uh, you know, Ray's going to be filling in there for that hour. Uh, Brother Jeff, Jeff Shreve from uh, Texarkana is going to be doing 8 to 9 o'clock Central Time I'm talking about. So, And we'll have some other folks uh, here and there. So we're... We we're having to <clears throat> pull off the bench. Yes, that's you know? right. Some some pinch hitters. But we but we got a couple all stars there in Jeff and Ray mm-hmm. yeah. that are uh, sitting at the end of the bench. We've decided to call them out to the out to the plate to to bat, and they're doing a great job. Yeah. Did I use baseball metaphor? I guess how how would I have used a hockey metaphor there for you guys if I'd have said these guys. Are they, no, everybody on the hockey on a bench except for the goalie, the backup goalie. Everybody plays. They're in the game. Yeah. Okay. Unless you're in the penalty box. That's true. See, he's he's showing off now. Yeah. He's paying attention. <laughs> or, you're, or you're the third line. Not, yeah, not, they don't play as much. But. Not not bad for a boy from Mississippi. That's, to know, that's to know, to not know bad what, at all. To know what a penalty box is, right? That's right. You know what? I, but so anyway, uh, pray for. Dan and pray for Ray and Jeff as they right. uh, help us out here at AFR and, and host those uh, hours of programming. You know, uh, uh, what was I going to say? You know, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say, which is happening more frequently now. To me as well. <laughs> as I'm closing in on 60, I'll be 59 next week or this week. What is today? <laughs> Good night. I'll be... I'll be fifty nine on on Sunday. I guess it's Sunday. Oh, you get your birthday coming up. Hold on a second. When is that? Because I'm expecting. Well, now, if you forget your birthday, now we got no, some well, serious No, I, I, I know my birthday, but I'm just expecting a lot of to be showered with gifts, by, <laughs> by my, especially by my family. And so I got to keep up with that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that is Sunday, March the sixth. I'll be fifty nine years old. You're in your. You already. I'm sixty three. I'm. I'm. I'm skating towards 64. <laughs> what about you, Fred? Turn 68 in a few months. Okay. Yeah. So you guys, uh, it, to continue with the sports metaphors, if we're in golf, uh, I'm on hole 12. <laughs> okay. And, and I, I can see you guys are teeing off on 14. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, well, wait a second. You said I only have four holes left? <laughs> Well, wait a well, you're second. 60. What, are you going to live to be 130? Well, I don't know, but four holes and all. Okay. Okay, I'll, re- I'll reverse myself. Uh, what did I say I was teeing off on? You 12? said 12. 
Y'all, okay, y'all are teeing off on thirteen. Well, listen, the way I, I'm, I haven't played golf, but the way yeah. I'm, I expect you got I would eighteen play, holes. I have a long way to go <laughs> until I put that that uh, that golf ball in the the heavenly eighteenth hole of life. I've got a long way to go because if uh, if playing putt putt golf is any uh, indication. Yeah. I could be out for another three or four hours <laughs> playing those last four holes. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Would, uh, losing your If you lose your ball in the woods, maybe <laughs> buy yourself some more time. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm sure that's entirely uh, possible. Yeah. All right, Ed, tell folks how they can watch on what you affectionately call that their internet. Yes, sir. If you folks would like to watch us do this radio program, and as Tim always says, who wouldn't, then you can go to either Facebook or YouTube. Search for today's issues. That's the name of this program, of course, and you can watch us do radio. If you would like to listen on your computer, you can do that as well. We stream the audio of all our programming at AFR.net, and you can also get podcasts of programs that you might have missed at AFR.net. Also, if you're going to be traveling and away from your terrestrial radio station, you can download the AFR app and listen anywhere you have a good signal. Okay, uh, and again, as always, folks, we thank you for listening to American Family Radio and for praying for us and supporting us. Our share is coming up in the middle of April, so if you think we've forgotten to ask you for money, you're wrong, because <laughs> that is on the horizon. All right, Fred, uh, on a more serious note, we got some... Uh, we got some good news. Yeah, we got some good news. To start off today, I, I know we've been talking about here on American Family Radio, about the Democratic Party's Women's Health Protection Act. If there was ever a piece of proposed legislation that was misnamed, that's it, folks. Uh, Women's Health Protection Act was all about the Democratic Party, basically uh, abortion on demand any time during the pregnancy. They wanted to pass this because I think they're concerned about what may be coming out of the Supreme Court right. a little bit later this year. So uh, they attempted to pass that last night in the Senate, but it failed. And once again, Democrat Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, I talked about this in our story meeting this morning, he is perhaps the most important senator in, in Washington, D.C. right now. You said in our story meeting that Joe Manchin <laughs> is saving the country. He is saving the country. The lone vote against some of this wackiness. Well, wow. let me just say this. The lone vote from the Democrat side. Yes, yes. that's true. Good. Yes, but because the Democrats, 50-plus Kamala Harris, yeah. could control things, Joe Manchin has been stopping. First, it was the Build Back Better, whatever it was called, the multi-trillion dollar bill that... Uh, the federalization of the vote, oh, of state voting, all that. He's horrible. Joe Manchin put a stop to that, and last night he voted with the Republicans... To put a stop, it was a procedural vote. They didn't actually get all the way to the full vote. It was a procedural vote last night, but that's where it ended there. And the Women's Health Protection Act, rightly so, went down in flames. So we're thanking Joe Manchin yeah. and the Republicans, of course, who voted against this. Yeah, as we talked about this yesterday, um, what has happened in our country is many of the red states have passed very pro-life legislation in the in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. The uh, Mississippi law, 
which protects unborn babies up to, uh, is it 15? 15 weeks. 15 weeks. Or the heartbeat, <laughs> the heartbeat bills. That, call, uh, that made it to the U.S. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court uh, heard the case and will decide whether or not that's constitutional or not coming up, according to them, coming up in the next few months. So um, a lot of a lot of positive pro-life laws have been passed in, in many states. And what the uh, it's anticipated that the Supreme Court will upheld the Mississippi pro-life law, law, which will also uphold many of the other states' mm-hmm. laws that have been passed to protect unborn babies. So, in response to that, the Democrats ha- tried to, as they often do, tried to nationalize abortion rights or codify Roe versus Wade through a through a bill in the Congress. And that's what we're talking about here. And so what the Republicans and Joe Manchin did was say, no, this should be up to the states to regulate. And uh, we're not going to outlaw. We're not going to say to all states, you can't have any say. The citizens of those states cannot have any say on whether or not to protect unborn babies' lives or not. So, again, the Democrat Party, I'm sad to say this because there have been many fine Democrats down through our country's history that are very patriotic and, and, uh, many of, many of them in the history have been uh, pro-life and, and, and decent moral people. Today's Democrat party, ladies and gentlemen, is not the party of your grandpa, so to speak. These people, uh, like Schumer, for example, and Pelosi, uh, they're heartless. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is barbaric. This, yeah, this to, would have this would have pick, pick it up right there, Ed. This would have legalized partial birth abortion. That you know, everyone's horrified. Anyone who has any sense of morality is horrified of the thought of allowing a baby to be born except for the head, and then, well, I'm listen, folks. I know there may be some that's, children. That's gruesome. Yeah, th- th- there may be children listening. So. Let me just I say think everybody that, understands. that at that point, the baby's life is ended. This bill would have made that legal. Yeah. Yes. The Democrats, uh, the vast majority of Democrats in Washington, D.C., in the House and the Senate, they're in favor of what you just described being allowed to happen in our country. Yes. Partial ba- birth Basically, abortion. no limits. No limits. Right. No limits. No limits. And we know scientifically, biologically, uh, ethically, medically, and certainly uh, spiritually that unborn babies are a gift from God. Yeah. And they they should not have their lives ended by, by being, well, torn limb to limb or, well, or, or killed with a saline solution where they're scalded in their mother's womb. Wasn't it the the uh, governor of Virginia who yes, said— a medical doctor. A medical doctor. He, he said he was in favor of when a baby survives an abortion— Nor them. Nor them, yet. The le- Democrat. Yeah. Leaving, him, leaving the baby on the counter. Yes. Let me just put it—to die. Yeah. That's, that's what we're talking— that, that's, that's the, the position of the about. National Democrat Party. There's no— they, they won't allow you to be a part of their caucus, be a part of their party on a national level if you're a pro-life right. uh, person. And uh, listen, bottom line, whether you're Republican or Democrat, killing a baby in the in, in their mother's womb is a sin against God. Yes. That's right. Huh? That's right. 
Right. And the, that's what the Bible teaches, and, and that's where we as Christians will continue to stand. Mm. And so we need to work as hard as we can and vote for people who uh, who want to protect innocent ba- babies in the mother in their mother's womb. Right. And, in, and, in th- and thanks to our listeners who made phone calls. Absolutely. To, absolutely. To remind these yes. senators. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So this, all- this, this is great news to begin the day. That this uh, Joe Manchin and the Republicans uh, uh, had enough votes to say no to the Democrats on this. Yes. And let me also say that not only the phone calls, but we did send out an action alert. Yes. So people could contact their senators to make sure that they understood their constituents wanted them to vote against this bill. And folks, if you're not sure what an action alert is, you go to AFA.net. All you have to do is sign up. We don't pester you every day. Usually it's two, maybe three times a week. We will send you something to do, including the uh, all you have to do is fill it in, and it'll go right to your senator or sometimes congressperson or sometimes yeah. a corporation. We get you involved in the culture war. Yeah. So uh, go to afa.net if you would like to sign up to be a part uh, of our action alert uh, yeah. activism. Next story, Fred. Well, uh, update on Ukraine. Uh, Russian forces surrounding the capital now uh, is a report this morning. Uh, earlier today, in one of the other larger cities, Kharkiv, we had. Uh, it is how the war is being covered today, unlike other world wars that we've seen. We're see, seeing live pictures over and over again, buildings being attacked. The Russians using some of their their controversial bombs, I'll call it a bomb that goes off and splinters off in various directions. There's a, a video this morning, and this is uh, Russians uh, going after a, a government building in Kharkiv. And, and basically the bomb, again, we saw videos of it, just basically destroying the front of that building. And uh, so we know that the invasion is continuing, the pressure is on, but the flip side, the incredible side of this story is how the Ukrainian people continue to arm themselves. There was an address earlier this morning. The the Ukrainian president gave an address to the European Union, and there was a standing ovation as he gave this address that he is staying there, again, the Russian president, Zelensky, he and his family have vowed to stay there and fight on. This has inspired. It's inspired Ukrainians. I just watched a report before coming into the studio. Some Ukrainians who had either moved prior to all of this or left the country are now coming back. Males, men, are coming back into the country they are so inspired by their president. Yes, we're going to pick up a rifle or whatever the case may be, and we're going to fight also. And and this is this is a huge part of this story is the resistance of the citizens of the Ukraine to this. This is at least curtailing the forces. I I mean, there's there's a a forty mile long uh, train of Russian tanks that are moving around the capital, Kiev. I, I mean, when, Me you, when you're talking about citizens just with small arms basically right. taking these on. Now, we do know the Ukrainian forces, they do have some heavy, uh, heavier armor. 
The other report this morning, which is really interesting, we have no way of confirming this yet, but apparently some of the European Union countries have older fighter jets, and there are reports of dozens of Ukrainian fighter pilots that are now going to these countries. They're going to get these jets so they can fight back. This is a war like we've never heard before, folks. Uh, and it's uh, it has captured the attention. The sanctions are continuing. And uh, I, I tell you what, it's it's incredible as the prayers continue. Steve uh, Jordahl, make sure you stay on with the program, folks. He managed to reach a Ukrainian pastor, uh, I'm not sure, in the western part of the country. And uh, terrific interview yesterday. You heard a report on AFR News this morning. He's going to bring you more of that, of how these Christians are part of that. They're staying on. Many of them are taking up arms themselves to fight the uh, the Russians. Well, guys, I've been I'm just been emotional about this. Um, this is enraging. Yes, to watch these pictures and videos come out of Ukraine. Um, what Putin is doing there, and it's about to get worse, is is the worst of humanity, I guess you could say. Yes. Huh? If what he has ordered, basically the destruction of a country, mm-hmm. an independent country, he invaded them. He is invading them now with his overwhelming military might and now women and uh, women and children told to leave there's so many there's so many ramifications of this story women and children are leaving there have been a half a million people that have left ukraine they're a, a country of 40 million they're expecting half a million more what's poland bless their hearts they're welcoming uh trying to absorb all these this massive humanity and the and the other surrounding smaller countries that border Ukraine as well. So the displacement of families, these are if you watch this, these are people like us. Mm-hmm. Huh? They got their winter coats out, their little children are they were taking them to school and, and they go to the supermarket and they go to their bo- soccer games and and all of a sudden, within uh, 24, 48 hours, they're told, you got to get out of here. This is about to, your, your, your home is about to be a war zone. Yeah. And um, so I'm just, I, I don't know. I, we were having our show meeting this morning. I don't know how this movie ends. You know, most of the time you can look for, you can look, uh, you can say, okay, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and Russia occupies, and we go back to life as normal, and they'll pay some penalties. But, uh, you know, that's that's the way the world is. Sometimes brute force wins. I'm sitting here looking at this going, I don't know what the three of us uh, will be looking at a week from now or talking about a week from now Yeah, uh, with regard to what kind of weapons – is is Putin going to amp it up even more and start using uh, well, uh, what's close to nuclear weapons? He's, uh, he's he made that kind of threat in the last forty eight hours. You're going to have to. You're also you're going to have to. Uh, he, he goes, they're going to start in essence carpet bombing. They're going to start knocking down apartment buildings and with uh, 
people in there, uh, innocent, well, have, innocent people. And they have the, they have these uh, thermobaric, uh, they're called thermobaric weapons, which are, th- these are rocket launchers that are attached to tanks, and they fire what are called fuel air explosives. And I mean, it just melts whatever, whatever it hits. And these explosions are horrifying. So does he just launch these into, uh, into Kiev and then just indiscriminately kill women and children? Uh, you know, and you're sitting there going, why? Why is, yeah. why is he doing this? To what end? That's what everybody to what wants end? to know. Everybody, what, to what's, what, what's he yeah, winning? this? I know. It, it, even if you capture the country in the sense that you, you, you occupy it with your military, then what? Hmm. Then what? What do you, you're, you're in a country of uh, where 40 million people live who hate your guts and they're going to be, uh, th- they've got, they've got weapons too, that they're going to carry out guerrilla warfare now for years on the end. And the, rest, and the rest of the world hates you now. And the Russian soldiers, they're going to be stuck there for what? Five, 10 years going, what are we doing here? Yeah. I'm just saying this, this is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so, you know, so what do you go, what do you go, what are you going to rule over? Right. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, so, you know, during a, a war like this, there's disinformation on both sides. You can't always tell what news coming out from the Ukrainians is true, what news coming out of the Russians is true. However, what we've been hearing, okay, from Condoleezza Rice, for example, talking about this is not the Vladimir Putin that she knew. She's an expert on foreign policy dealing with Russia. She served right, as Secretary right. of State under George W. Bush. So she's saying this guy's erratic, and others have said this guy, he, he's not right in the head. So maybe maybe we find out that that's not quite accurate. But these are people who are foreign policy experts. They say we're not sure what's motivating Putin. So if, if it is true that he expected this to be a two-day thing, Mm. And for Ukraine to capitulate and for Volodymyr uh, Zelensky, the president, he's going to say, OK, I'll leave. You can put in your puppet government. If that is true, that's what Putin expected. If it is true that he grew very frustrated and embarrassed that his military was not able to take the country. Now he's taking it out on the capital city or about to take it out on the capital city. I think you could be looking at the potential for war crimes. I mean, the, the reports are that he what, has. What, what, explain. Give us one or two. Uh, give, give us the definition of a war crime. What do you? What do well, you... the the Geneva Convention. These are these are uh, rules governing warfare that have been in existence uh, around the globe. Around the globe. So Russia. If you're a United Nations member, you have to sign on to the Geneva Convention. It governs your use of military. You're not allowed, for example, to just indiscriminately pound civilians. Like carpet bombing. Target, yes, during World War II. It, to intentionally kill civilians. Uh, the report. One of the reports that I've been reading over the last couple of days is that uh, Vladimir Putin has sent in a group of mercenaries. They're Chechen uh, fighters. And they are supposedly extremely brutal that he has sent them in to assassinate Zelensky. The hunt, Ukraine, hunt him down. Hunt him down and his family. So uh, is that what we're, what we're going to find out, that Putin sent these mercenaries in <clears throat> to kill the president and his family? I, 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 to me, if that's true, Putin should be brought 
I'm not a big fan of the international court system, but for something like this, I think. Well, you know, criminal. you know. Uh, now the consequences to Russia have been extremely severe in the last 48 hours, and they're continuing to pile up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they are being they Russia, and I know there are many Russians who oppose Putin's actions too, and some of them have been out in the streets of because uh, they're they're now they're beginning to suffer economically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just the way it is, you know. Your your country's going to suffer if your leader right. takes actions like uh, Putin has taken the last week. Uh, we'll be back with more after this uh, timeout. Stay with us. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. You know, most tours of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., don't include the spiritual heritage of our country, the Christian history of our nation, the people, the places, the events that God used to birth America. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. My friend, historian Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, goes with us on these tours And he talks all along the way. He tells you about the people, the places, the events, and he does so from a Christian perspective. So you're invited to join us on one of these spiritual heritage tours in June and September. We also go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown on a separate tour if you want to do that as well. So for all the information, go to spiritualheritagetours.com. Again, simply the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. For years now, I've been telling you the mask mandates have nothing to do with health and everything to do with politics. The CDC now acknowledges that face coverings do very little to stop the transmission of the China virus. The masks are meant to be a symbol, a symbol of oppression. Walk into an airport without a mask on your face, you could go to jail. Pro-vaccine fundamentalists publicly shame those who refuse to wear the coverings. That one policy has literally divided the nation, and one that I contend is strictly for political purposes. Tonight, President Biden will deliver his State of the Union address, and he will do so in the House chamber in front of a crowd of unmasked lawmakers. They lifted the requirement that has been in place for two years— How ironic that the science evolved just in time for President Biden's big speech. So what's this really all about? I answer that question in my book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation, available at ToddSterns.com. In him we were also chosen as God's own, 
having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything by the counsel of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on American Family Radio. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Tagliano and Fred Jackson. If you want to uh, send us an email, you can go to comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Dot net. Steve Jordahl will be with us in 30 minutes, and Steve interviewed a pastor in Ukraine, and he's gonna. Steve's going to be sharing some of that with us, uh, what's going on over there uh, from, from a pastor's perspective. He, he lives in Kiev, so he's right there in the capital city, which is under siege right now by the Russian army. Uh, again, you're listening to today's issues. Well, most Tuesdays we talk to our friend uh, and colleague Sandy Rios. She's Director of Governmental Affairs for AFA, and so she represents our ministry in our nation's capital, and Sandy's also host of her program, Sandy Rios in the Morning, heard 7 to 8 o'clock Central Time right here on American Family Radio weekdays. Good morning, Sandy. Hey, good morning, Tim. How you doing? Doing, doing okay. Uh, our hearts are troubled, like yours. I know. Yes. Watching what's happening in uh, in Ukraine. Do you know anybody over there? Uh, well, one person. I probably do know others, but one person for sure was a little boy who grew up in our neighborhood. Lived right behind us. You could practically touch their house. And he and Jeremy grew up together. His little Ben Williams became a missionary, and he has sent out a. A video that my son shared with me, they were on the border. They waited as a family. Well, at the time that he made this, this has been probably 24 hours or more. They'd been waiting for 36 hours at the Polish border, he and his wife and family, and they were trying to help the refugees. And uh, he sort of reported the, the buses were going by. He said they were only letting women and children out of the country. The men had to stay. It was very emotional. Yeah, so little Ben, our neighbor, I know him. Well, uh you know, half a million people I read yesterday, Sandy, had already poured over the uh, the, uh, the Polish border. I'm just wondering, you know, you just wonder how how's Poland absorbed that many people? And they're saying half a million more. And who knows if uh, Putin b- begins to knock down apartment buildings and, and, and the war just becomes in the streets where it's completely and entirely unsafe to, to have a family around there or anybody. Right. Um uh, what, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on what's going on overall over there, uh, Sandy? Where do you, where do you see this, this going? Oh gosh, Tim, mm. I, I wish I were smarter. Yeah, I, I would tell you that um, wars in the past, as we all know, have started over much smaller things. And uh, I mean, world wars. I think of the the, the shooting of the Archduke Ferdinand and is what started. It was obscure. He's in a carriage. He gets shot by some anarchist, and that started World War One. And I think you know, um, like you think of the shot at Fort Sumter started the Civil War. So little things can trigger huge wars, and this is not a little thing. I mean, uh, the one thing you know, it's just the the thing that's stunning is to watch the world's response. Um, 
America, notoriously absent, feeble, weak, like their leader, when we have been the force standing between people like Putin, and particularly Putin and the former Soviet Union, remnants of the communist past, uh, who have been dying, itching to regain their old glory, to gather back their troops, this is Putin's chance to, you know, he's the head of KGB. Can you imagine how humiliated this very proud mountain of a man, I'm just using ad- adjectives to describe uh, yeah. how he views himself anyway, a man's man, how humiliated he must have been as the world bragged about how the Soviet Union had fallen and America was so great. How, what a great moment this is for him in his own mind. So why wouldn't he? And then I think of G. Chi and China, the Chinese uh, believe that they are destined to, to conquer the world, to rule the world. This is news to me, actually. I didn't really realize that until I talked to Gordon Chang at CPAC over the weekend. <laughs> but they have a long plan. And so this is their chance, too. I think we will probably be seeing them in, uh, do whatever they're going to do with Taiwan. I, pr- I would imagine sooner rather than later. I don't know why they wouldn't. Well, except that... Um except that the world uh, is uniting seemingly against Putin and Russia on this. I mean, they are getting severely punished from all different directions, both from private companies to governments to the banking industry, the oil industry. I mean, uh, sports, they're not going to be allowed now to participate in the World Cup, the soccer World Cup, the Russian... They're being ostracized, uh, or they're being, and they're they're going to Russia and Putin. They're going to become the pariah of the world for the foreseeable future. So there is there ha, there is a price to be paid internationally for this. Um, and even China didn't support at the United Nations. Now they abstained, but uh, I'm just saying that uh, there may that Ed and I were talking about this yesterday, Sandy. Uh, there may be a pause in China to taking Taiwan militarily right now because they see how the world has reacted against uh, Russia. Now, China is different. China is 10 times the size of Russia. Their economy is interconnected with the whole world. Um, The U.S. and China were joined at the hip, (coughs) economically at least. So I see what you're saying, but but anyway, go ahead. Well, of course, there's a – you know – uh, Tim, I present, hard to explain this. I, this is very complex. I would say when you compare Russia and China, I think China is in a far superior superior position in terms of the mm-hmm. world for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, they have already taken power in Central and South America. They have power. They've laid the groundwork. Uh, they've ta- Australia, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Japan is quaking right now. So they are in a position of tremendous strength. Now, the, the thing about China is it's possible that they may have, uh, and it may, that they have completely overextended themselves. You remember how the Soviet Union uh, spent so much money on their weaponry and their military that that's actually what caused their collapse from within. They, they destroyed their economy. Mm-hmm. And China is not, you know, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, but yeah. it's also true that they are in a much better position. I think they care less what the world thinks. I don't think they're so worried about being isolated. Think about how they're connected to the big tech companies. Uh, and, um, the, the you know, I don't see Google or 
you know, Facebook or what the rest of them fill in the blanks, uh, you know, boycotting China. They're like in bed with them, uh, yeah. cooperating. They're all getting rich together. And Putin isn't in that circle. All right, let's talk about something more positive, okay, with you. You were at CPAC, uh, the Conservative Political Action Committee, the annual convention. Uh, this year was back in Orlando, which was last week. You broadcast live from there. You did a lot of interviews uh, live, and some are you, you've taped. I heard you talking about that the other day. They're going to be forthcoming on your program. Uh, what was two big takeaways from CPAC from the week? Well, CPAC, one of the things – that I really noticed that the energy, I mean, there's always energy at CPAC, but sometimes it's like just kind of fun and kind of the excitement of being there. But this was energy that was directed, like smart energy, like we're going to stop this. We're going to stop this. You know, there was, of course, uh, a massive amount of young people, college kids, uh, people from all parts of the country, and then uh, people from Washington. It's it's a real cross-section, and there's just a, a determination. I saw a joy. I think that was one of the things, you know. I, I like a joy's better. Rather than just party time, which I'm sure people, some people did party, It was there was a real happiness, I think, which doesn't make any sense, uh, but it's just like a determination. We're not going to, uh-uh, you're not going to do that. We're not going to let you. We're strategizing. We're fighting back. And uh, the, when President Trump spoke uh, Saturday night, I have to say it was one of the finest speeches I've ever heard him give. You know, I think he was strong and powerful. He was quintessential Donald Trump, and yet uh, he got to the heart of so many matters, as he often does. He called out Mitch McConnell. Uh, he called out um, He called out the Supreme Court justices and talked about how they are more concerned with the cocktail circles and they're, you know, they're politically correct and they're standing in the community than they were about actually doing what was right. He talked about Kavanaugh being afraid and he didn't do it in an insulting way. He just he just diagnosed it. I think he's spot on. Uh, and uh, he just uh, he went for he talked about transgenderism and how horrible it is that they're forcing kids with these hormones. He didn't nothing was spared. He really laid it out there. And the interesting thing is, of course, he he spoke probably an hour and a half, and as usual, very little notes. He this is a man who has command of the information. I didn't feel that he had slipped at all. He was quintessential, powerful, un, you know, unmatchable, really, Donald Trump. And I, I honestly think that he will run again if, if the Republicans manage to take back the Senate. If they don't, I don't think he likely wants to you know, mess with that again because you can't get anything done. But you know, I have to say, Tim, in spite of what I just said, you know, when he recounted the things he had accomplished, and he did, he, he wasn't exaggerating, had a front row seat, he did all those incredible things, um, like make us oil independent, let's just count that one. In spite of the undermining, the sabotage, the hatred of the press, you know, all of it, it being spied on by the Hillary Trump campaign and the Democrats uh, illegally, uh, treasonously, he did a million things and really accomplished so much. So that was exciting. There was just great excitement in the room. Ron DeSantis gave a good speech. Uh, I just think the the mood is we're going to fight, and that's that's a good thing, and that was very encouraging to me. <clears throat> Fred, you have a question? Well, I was just uh, to go to the straw poll coming out of uh, CPAC. I guess it's done Saturday night, Sunday, whatever the case may be. But, I mean, former President Trump, 
uh, just ran away with it. DeSantis was a distant second. Uh, you know, Marco Rubio was 0.3 votes. <laughs> that's I didn't his, even know that, Fred. Oh, well, I'm that's sorry, uh, that's, that's Pence territory, too. <laughs> uh, I mean, nobody, it's, it's, it's President Trump's to lose. It, look, it appears if he wants to run again, it sounded like he's going to run again. Yeah. The Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida um, was the only other person there that that uh, had any numbers at all. What was he, in the 20s or something? He was like? in the 20s, I 30, think, yeah. But no, <laughs> 37. 30, 37? 37 or 38 percent. And Trunk, Trunk, <laughs> Trump had like 68 percent. But, yeah. um, but that, that, isn't that expected, though? I mean... Not really. No? Uh, I, no, not necessarily, because um, I think, personally, I think, you know, Trump has been so muted. You know, you doubt Fox hardly play, when he goes out to do rallies. They may do a special coverage at, on Fox Nation, but generally speaking, between social media booting him off their platforms and him not being in the White House doing press conferences and speaking every day and tweeting, and then his voice has been muted, and I suspect that people have forgotten who he really is, and the abilities that he really still maintains. And I think that speech Saturday night was a reminder. He's still got it. Yeah. This is the man. And if he and because he was so, he had this election stolen from him, I think the more we learn about it, the more convinced. I'm not that I needed yeah, it because I was. He, but he doesn't ever mention that, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, because, uh, be, be, and because of, like, the, the all the things that he's been through, the report that just talked about the espionage against him, uh, if he wants it, yeah. I think he should have it. That's yeah. my personal opinion. He should yeah. have it. Okay. Well, listen, Sandy, thanks so much for joining us this morning, giving your thoughts on CPAC. And uh, we look forward to uh, – what are you going to be talking about in the morning? you have any special guests tomorrow morning? I'm going to be playing – I'm going to be talking about <laughs> a million things like Ukraine and the things we just talked about. The, yeah. There's a, there's a race in Texas today, you know, for governor and attorney general. Louis Gohmert okay. is running for attorney general. I need to drop that in okay. because I think Louis should be the attorney general. Paxton has some really bad stuff that's come out about him. I know he has the president's endorsement, but I'll probably talk about that. Louis Gohmert is the man who should be attorney general for the state of Texas. It would revolutionize Texas. But mm. the other thing is I've got – uh, two of the guests that I uh, interviewed in CPAC over the weekend, and in this moment, you're going to ask me who they were. I can't remember. They're going to play. We're going to run them tomorrow. They'll, it, it will be great. I did. I had Jack Brasobiak and uh, Peter Schweitzer and just incredible guests. So whoever we chose okay. for tomorrow, it's going to be great. All right. Thanks, Sandy. Talk to okay, you later. You're, you're welcome. Okay, thanks, Tim. Bye-bye. Bye, you guys. Bye. Sandy Rios joining us uh, there. She's the eternal fountain of energy. Yeah, <laughs> she 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 loves politics and CPAC. She was she was probably in her element. Oh yeah, she's a happy. fight. Yeah, Sandy's a fighter for yeah. the time she gets up in the morning. To <laughs> that's right. This sweet godly lady. Oh yes, very absolutely. kind and nice. But uh, uh -huh. if you're against uh, what God's for, she'll rip your heart out. <laughs> that's right. Huh? And then put it in a blender yeah. and. <laughs> And and uh, add some kale to it, and you, you, you just get. <laughs> She's a uh, you. If you put it this way, if you're in a foxhole, you want Sandy Rios. That's with right. You right there because they so. throw you throw a grenade in your foxhole. Yeah. She's throwing it right back. Yeah. What do y'all What do y'all think about at the risk of? Uh, I don't know what is the risk of the, uh, the the survey there, the poll at CPAC. This is Conservative Political Action Committee. These are conservative activists from around the right. country. And of course, President Trump, former President Trump, was the uh, keynote speaker 
he he won he won the straw poll. Straw poll. It was him and DeSantis and nobody else. Yeah. So were you surprised well, I, by that? I, I, no, I'm not surprised by it. Listen, uh, first of all, he is an incredible communicator. I'm talking about former President Trump. He uh, he has the right ideas for those folks for conservatives, and the more that comes out, the more people will be convinced that he has been treated abominably by the media, by the Democrats, by the, you know, the deep state, all the things he has said were being done to him, spying on them and all it's all coming out to be true. And you put all that into one bowl and stir it up. And like you said, it, the nomination is Trump's to uh, win or lose. I mean, he is, he is out front and, and I don't, I don't see anything uh, torpedoing yeah. him if he wants the nomination. Can I make a uh, psychological, or I guess it's psychological statement? You know, I studied psychology. Yeah, that one semester. I, yeah. Well, I when I was in eighth grade, <laughs> I, I read a, read up on it. So I, I feel like I have some authority to speak here. Absolutely. Um, I actually think Twitter. And the other social media did President Trump a favor. Because I think with President Trump, in the in, in the aftermath, especially of January the 6th, less was more. Okay? So, because he was ranting and enraged, and he still talks about it today. He can't right. really let it go. I'm talking about the fact that he feels like the election was stolen right from him and from and from the people who supported him uh but you know the so i think that that sandy talked about his voice has been lessened if he runs for president if he wins the republican nomination and runs for president or the in reverse order there you have to you have to run and then uh, anyway, I think that his voice will come back. He'll probably be back loud on Twitter. Uh, They'll have to. Yeah, yeah. And, he, so, and, 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 and some other things that uh, – so that will come back. But you know, you understand what I'm saying there? It would be illegal for them. If he gets the nomination – Republican nomination? Republican nomination, it would be illegal for Twitter to keep him off if his opponent, the Democrat, is allowed on. Yeah. Of course, he has his own social media company now, too. That, that he's uh, launched. You know, here's here, the worse things become under Joe Biden, the better the chances that I think Donald Trump runs again. Because the nation is now seeing the impact of left wing socialist policy. Right. Trump is 180 degrees to all of that. I mean, there's news this morning. Uh, just before I came into the studio, oil prices, U.S. benchmark crude oil prices rose 6.6% to $101.87 per barrel this morning. Uh, Brent crude international standard up 6.6% to $104 per barrel. People start seeing that at the pump. They're seeing their grocery prices. The cost of everything, there was a... a, a, a listening to one of our programs yesterday, they talked about the, the cost of used cars. 
Uh, it's some used. Fred, car- if you continue, I'm going to put my fingers in my ears. So I mean, <laughs> no, I don't know how much more you. We get it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but Joe Biden has given his State of the Union address tonight, and everybody's going to be feel happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. Sarcasm alert. Uh, alert on that, and we'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, all I'm saying is, has Americans feel the impact during their day to day lives going to Walmart? grocery shopping, gassing up, whatever the case may be, the state of the world, they're going to look to a Donald Trump. Save us. because, And that's why he keeps giving the same speeches he's done over the last four or five years. He, he draws, Make America number one. Nobody draws a crowd like Donald Trump. The enthusiasm no. is probably still there yes. in the conservative voting public. Yeah, yeah State of the Union tonight. Uh, uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, don't expect. Well, I'm going to be watching it. <laughs> no, I'm watching hockey tonight. I'm not, wa- I'm not. I'm not. Get the, I, I'm are not you going to get the highlights? <laughs> I'm, I'll get the highlights. I'm not watching that guy speak. But history is going to be made tonight. You know, you have a, the Republican response, and that's coming from Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa. Yeah. But then, the left wing of the Democrats are going to give a response. To Biden's speech. I've never seen that before. <laughs> oh, this is lovely. Yeah. Rashida oh. Tlaib, uh-huh. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, squad member from Michigan. All right, then. All right. My president has not gone far enough. <laughs> That's right. That's what she's going to say. Is she really going to do that? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah. She is giving a response. Why else would she do it? The Democrats respond to the Democrats' yeah. president. That's next. Well, you One. had AOC go to Texas there a few weeks ago. Yeah. She was preaching against Democrats. It wasn't Republicans. Yeah, yeah and, and AOC has publicly said that capitalism is irredeemable. Yeah, can unredeemable. I forget the word which word she used, but she said it can't. It can't be saved. But these are radical people, and Joe Biden's yeah. not radical enough. Yeah, yikes! I've uh, never heard of that before. I'm hoping I the network. I hope the networks will cover her. Now the she, uh, the the will. the. Uh, the governor you mentioned is from Iowa, right? Correct. What's Correct. her name? Uh, Kim her Reynolds. Name, Kim, is it? Kim Reynolds. Governor Reynolds from yeah. Iowa. She will give the Republicans' response. You know, that's, it's a gift for the Republicans this year. Look oh, at yeah. look at the polls where Biden is heading into the the speech tonight. He's, he's down in every category. If I were the governor of Iowa, I would just come on and say, "You heard the man. Arrest my case." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. <laughs> which, which, uh, <laughs> go to bed early. Do you want lower grocery prices? Right, right, do you want right, lower right. gas prices? Well, do you want um, can't, uh, United States to be number one again? Listen, go. listen, uh, uh, in a, uh, with national elections, by that I mean congressional and Senate and certainly the presidency, you have now in our country probably, I don't know, 30%. Of, of Americans are basically Republican slash conservative, so that they're going to vote that way every day, all day. You have about 30% that are Democrat liberals that are going to vote that way, okay? So those, those numbers are kind of baked in, I think. But you have about probably 40%, at least 40%, right? 40%, and I'm just, based on what I've read and, and, and what we see, probably 40% of the American public would what you'd be considered independent or non-committal on Republican or Democrat. They just kind of go with 
whatever they feel. Each election, they they each election each candidate they think is best. Whoever, whatever candidate they yeah. think is best. Uh, th- this is the way I, I see what's coming up, and so with those people, uh, they aren't necessarily looking at uh, issues like we do: Supreme Court, pro-life, military, support for law enforcement, things like that, for law and order, crime, those kinds of things. A lot of those people look at, good night. I'm paying four bucks at the gas tank. What, what's yes. the problem here? Yes. And they and then they don't necessarily always look at why that happens, and break it down in a logical and right analysis. They just go, who's at the top of the food chain here? <laughs> That's right. Biden. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me under Trump, I got two dollar gas. Under yep. Biden, I got four dollar gas. I'm voting for the Republicans. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so in this inflation, that by the way, I think Biden has caused mm-hmm. with his policies yes. right. from the get go. And as I've said many times before, I don't always blame presidents, Republican or Democrat, for the economy, but most Americans do. And and when you can see a direct correlation between policies that somebody uh, uh, enacts, like Biden did when he first came in and shut down the Keystone Pipeline, that was the first thing he did. Boom, there we go. War on, on oil and gas in America. Well, that ultimately causes uh, gas at the pump to go up. So right. he, he's to blame for it. Yes. yes. He's to blame for it. And so. this happened before Ukraine. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah, mainstream yeah, media yeah. is trying to blame Ukraine right, right, for the right. gasoline no, you're prices. Right. Yeah. And inflation across the board was happening before yes. war. In, uh, yes. Before the war in Ukraine. Uh, so he's got to deal with that. His popularity is somewhere in the mid 30s as far as support among Americans, which is kind of the baseline I mentioned a few minutes ago. 30% of Americans would always be Democrat and liberal. Are you going to watch the State of the Union speech tonight? Tim, no, I'm, sorry. I'm not going to intentionally watch it. <laughs> um, I know, Fred, you and your staff have to have to watch no, I, it. I, don't, I, I may watch a little bit of it just out of curiosity, but I would, other than that, I would just get the bullet points from Fred tomorrow morning. Right. Good news, right. though. The virus, COVID, is not going to be at the U.S. Capitol because Nancy right. Pelosi said no masks tonight. Yeah, I think Blue Bloods is on, so <laughs> probably going to be watching Tom Selleck. Uh, we'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.